didn't really see anything kind of that noteworthy. Um, and then somebody had the idea that we needed to start opening up kind of all the rooms of the building. And so we wandered around opening up all the doors and taking a peek into rooms to see if there was anything there. Again, we didn't know what we were looking for, but see if there was anything we could figure out. And did you find anything of note in any of the rooms that you went into? No. Um, in addition to the rooms, did you look, the classrooms, did you look in any other parts of the school? Yeah, I mean, we looked in all the closets and, you know, we kind of walked the, in, the entire inside of the building. At some point, did you begin to walk the perimeter of the building? Yeah, uh, we then walked, after we had done the inside and there was kind of some time in between uh, where, where some people were watching video and stuff like that, but then we did get outside at one point and kind of started looking in the bushes and seeing if there's anything that we could see what was going on because we, we started to realize that something had happened. And eventually, sir, was your attention drawn up towards, um, up across the parking lot? Uh, yes. Uh, Sarah's husband, Drew, had found Colleen's bag. So it was somewhere up here. There's a rail trail that goes behind the school here. It connects to, you can kind of see this part of the rail trail here. Um, and somewhere up here, there was uh, kind of an entrance to an additional part of the rail trail and wedged in some rocks up here was her bag. Now this photograph, sir, is obviously taken during the daylight. What was the lighting like at the time that you were in that area looking? Uh, I mean, it was, it was super dark, but we had flashlights. Is there any lighting in that parking lot at night, or is that is that lit at all? Yeah, there there are some lights on the exterior of the building to kind of light up the parking lot a little bit. Okay, but um, where you were up more towards that entrance, you've indicated um, what was the lighting like. It was it was, it was pretty dark. I was say because there's there's trees up here, so it makes it relatively dark. But having a flashlight, we could kind of start looking around. Okay. showing you another photograph, Mr. Butterworth, do you recognize what that depicts? Yeah, that's the, there was, there was the rocks and Colleen's bag was in those rocks. And those rocks are located sort of in that area you just indicated on the last Yeah, they kind of are, that's the entrance to that path. I'd ask this to be more I think you still have the pointer. Mm -hmm. If you could just indicate to us where the bag was located. It was kind of wedged in these rocks here. Okay. And when you first saw the bag, was it in that location or had someone picked it up? Uh, Drew had picked it up. And did, how did you know it was Colleen's bag? Um, well, she had this kind of distinctive gigantic bag that she kept all her stuff in, and inside it there was a pink calculator and some of her other stuff. And you recognize those things as belonging to Colleen? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. 
Mr. Butterworth, I've placed an item in front of you. Do you recognize that item? Yeah, it looks like her bag. And is that in essentially the same condition it was in when you located or, or when um, Mr. DeQuinta located it that night? Um, yeah, there, there was kind of some stuff on it that we didn't know what it was. I don't know if it's still here. Um, at first we thought it was like, you know, rust or something, but then we kind of faced reality and realized that was blood. Um, why don't we have another question? I would ask that the bag be marked. No objection, Mr. Mr. Butterworth, after the bag was located, what was the next thing that you did? Um, well, so Drew had brought the bag down, but then we walked up to where he had found it. Um, and he explained kind of what he had seen. And then I started walking down that slope that you guys had seen in the picture up there. Um, and I still had my flashlight and I saw on the ground um, some white gloves with blood on them. And we had previously seen kind of where those white gloves had come from. And then as I looked more carefully, I saw kind of splatters of blood um, all, all over the leaves. And when you say, I'm just gonna display, <coughs> Again. Understanding it in the trees. Can you show <laughs> us where you were walking? Yeah, so as I said, we found the bag somewhere up here, and then I started walking down this way. Um, and I think Drew was still up here, and then I think the policewoman was kind of over here, and I started walking down. And in is this there a direction. path in that area? Um, or a I don't really know. I haven't really gone back there, and it was the middle of the night, so there may be a small path, but I don't think there really is because I think most of the access is right here. Okay. Um, I just started walking down pretty quickly, because there were white gloves, um, and so I pretty quickly saw those gloves. And what, if anything, did you do to alert the others to what you found? Uh, as soon as I saw the gloves, I told the policewoman that I'd seen glove, the gloves, um, and, you know, I kind of stopped moving where I was because I didn't want to trample on anything and kind of scanned around what I was looking at and that's when I saw the blood and at that point the policewoman said we need to get out of this area. Um, and at that point um, did you and Mr. Giaquenta and the policewoman leave the woods? Yes. Okay. And fair to say um, at that point the police took over? Yes. Searching? Mm -hmm. If I could just have one moment your honor. Sure.
of the jury while waiting for the next witness to come in, I want to remind you that there's um, no magic time for a recess. If no one raises his or her hand requesting a recess before quarter of 11, we'll take the recess at quarter of 11. Still want, waiting for one of you to uh, break the ice and stand if you want to stand. There's room over there. Um, so if anybody wants to do that, you'll need my permission to do so. Solemnly swear the testimony you're about to give in the cause now and herein shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. You may be seated. Sure. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning. Motion is requested witnesses that I've allowed in the case. If you be in the court when you testify, you can't talk about your testimony. The other witnesses will let them talk about deals with you until the evidentiary portion of the trial is over. Thank you. Good morning, ma'am. In a loud, clear voice, can you state your first and last names for the jury? Stephanie Winterberg. And can you spell them? S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E. My last name, W-E-N-N-E-R-B-E-R-G. And ma'am, how are you employed? Uh, I'm a police officer with the town of Danvers. How long have you been a police officer for the town of Danvers? Uh, about two and a half years at this point. And ma'am, drawing your attention to October 22nd of 2013, how long had you been a police officer for the town of Danvers at that time? About two months. Um, and at some point, what was the shift that you were working in October of 2013? I worked the 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. shift. Um, and at some point during the course of your shift, were you dispatched to Danvers High School? I was. Um, and what was the general nature of, or what was the urgency of the call you initially received to go to Danvers High School? It was for a missing person report. Okay. And when you arrived at Danvers High School, with whom did you make contact? I made contact with the assistant principal, Susan Ambrosovich. Okay. Um, and were you, um, did you take part in sort of a search of Danvers High School? I did. Can you describe that for the jury, please? What areas you were looking in and how you were looking? I met Ms. Ambrosovich at the side door of the high school, which is the academic wing of the high school. and with a custodian and Susan and several other teachers, their identities aren't, still aren't known to me. We began checking and unlocking every classroom door and uh, bathroom door, closet door on the first, second, and third floors of that academic wing. Okay. And did you find anything of note in any of those areas at no. that time? At that time, no. Okay. And <coughs> at some point were you directed to the classroom belonging to Colleen Richter? No, I wasn't directed there. We just 
checked it as part of the search of the entire building or the of the academic wing. Okay. May I approach this witness room? May. Showing you a photograph, Officer Wunderberg, do you recognize what that photograph depicts? I do. What does that photograph depict? It is Miss Ritzer's classroom. And is, is that essentially the condition the classroom was in when you first looked at it that evening when you were looking? It was. And that's just be marked just the next It does. If you make a right out of that doorway, where do you end up? Towards the center stairs. Um, and again, you testified that this is the condition the classroom was in when you arrived that evening, complete with the jacket on the back of the chair. Yes. <coughs> At any time during your initial search, did you have occasion to search the bathroom? If you know. Yes, but it wasn't until okay. when a you, little later. When you did your first search of the bathroom, did you see anything of note in any of the bathrooms? I had been directed to that bathroom. Okay. I'm going to back you up for a second. Okay. Before you had any additional information, when you first arrived at the school and you were searching with the teachers and the school personnel, did you on that time have occasion to go into any of the bathrooms? On that side of the building, no. Okay. What side of the building did you go into bathrooms? The left side of the building. Okay. Meaning as you're looking at the academic wing, the left side of the building? Correct. Okay. After you go up the center stairs to the left. Okay. And at that time, meaning, on, let me ask you, let me ask you this, on the same side of the building as Colleen Ritzer's classroom? Yes. Okay. And nothing of note was located in any of those bathrooms, is that fair to say? Correct. Okay. And <coughs> at some point, uh, without going into anything that you were told, did you receive additional information from your department, from the police? Yes. And based on that information, where did you go at the school building? I checked. Did you go outside? Yes. Okay. And what area of the school did you go outside to? The perimeter okay. and then the field outside of the parking lot, to the left of the parking lot by that academic wing. The green button is what you want to push. Um, when you say the perimeter, can you just show us on the photograph what areas of the perimeter you had occasion to look in? I started on this side, yep. which is now technically the front okay. of the high school, and I made it my way around clockwise around the perimeter. Okay. Looking so I went sort of that way. And we can see there's some shrubbery or greenery in that area. Is that where you were looking? Correct. Okay. Along the perimeter. Yep. Okay. 
And you say this is, let me ask you this, um, Officer Winterberg, did you go to Danvers High School? I did. Okay. And has it been changed and sort of refurbished some since you attended it? Completely. Okay. So are there, is the front not, what was the front when you went there is no longer the front, is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Okay. Um, so, but the part we see to the right of the photograph, that is now, where there's sort of a circular driveway, is that now considered the front of the school? It is. And then the part um, facing the woods is, is the academic or A-wing, correct? Correct. Okay. And ultimately, after you had searched the perimeter of the school, can you show us where your search took you? <coughs> to this field. Okay. And right here is the entrance to the Danvers Rail Trail, a section of it. Okay. And what if any items were located um, in that entrance to the rail trail? And we can go to the blank screen, Ms. Water. When I made my way to the field, my attention had been brought to the field. And when I was going over to that field, I saw two blue and white, I believe they were Under Armour gloves, just laying discarded on the field but my attention had been brought over to that field for a black purse that was found at the entrance of the rail trail. There's two big boulders that you can walk through and it was wedged in between those two boulders. And just showing you exhibit 23, does that depict those two boulders? It does. Okay, and that was in between there with where the bag was wedged? Correct. And whose bag was that ultimately determined to be? Miss Ritzer's. Can I have that? Mm -hmm. showing you what's already been marked as Exhibit 24. Is that the bag that was recovered? As I recall, yes. What, if anything, did you do with that bag, Officer Winneberg? I maintained custody of it. Okay. And where, um, and when you say you maintained custody of it, what do you mean? I kept it in my physical possession. Okay. Okay. Now, um, <coughs> after the bag was found, what happened next? I began searching to the right of, of the where boulders? that bag was found. So the right to the right of those boulders. Okay. Going further into the woods or staying along the same perimeter or staying on the same latitude as the boulders? It was slightly further okay. into the woods. And did you see anything as, let me ask you this, what was the lighting like at that time in that area? I had received a call at about 9.45 at night. Um, I don't know exactly what time it was, but it was dark. And did you have night. a flashlight with you? I did. Um, without the flashlight, would you have been able to see anything? Probably not. Okay. Um, as it was with the flashlight, what, if anything, did you notice as you moved from the boulders? My attention was directed to several items that were discarded on the ground in the leaves. And can you describe to the best of your recollection what those items were? There was a folded piece of paper, there was a white glove, and there was a torn piece of fabric. They were all light in color. And was there anything about their condition that was concerning to you at that time? Yes. What was that? They had blood on them. And what did, who were you with in the woods at that time? I don't know their identities, as okay. I mentioned, but... What were they, what was their description? 
Meaning, I, um, what kind of people were they? They had, they had identified themselves to me as teachers, okay. co-workers okay. of hers. And what, if anything, did you do as the police officer present once those items were observed? I told them to immediately get out of the woods. And did you yourself get out of the woods at that time? I also got out of the woods at that time. Um, did you have contact with the station regarding other, or let me ask you this, how does your radio work? Can it be heard by other Danvers officers or does it go only back to the station? With the channel that I was on at that time, it was, it could be heard by local towns and it was also heard by dispatch and the other officers I was working with. Okay. And at that time, were you the only uh, Danvers officer at the high school or had others arrived? <laughs> At that time, I believe I was the only Danvers officer there. Okay. Shortly after that, did other Danvers officers arrive? Yes. And who were they, if you remember? Officer Baldessari. And what's, does he have a particular assignment or role? He's a school resource officer at the high school. And did any other officers arrive to assist with the search? Yes. And who was that? Officer Ellington. And what's his role with the Danvers Police Department? He's the canine handler. At some point, were you, fair to say, you were the um, most junior person at that time? I still am. Uh, actually, there's a couple of people since. But yes, I, at that time, I was the most junior person. Okay. So were you directed at some point um, by other officers to go somewhere else? Yes. And where was that? I went to the dumpsters first. And that's okay. in the still rear of the school. Okay. Showing you again Exhibit 22, does this photograph depict um, generally where they actually, does it depict the dumpsters? Yes. Can you just show the jury where the dumpsters are located? Okay. And did you find anything of note in that area? No. Okay. After you went to the dumpster area, where were you directed to go next? The second floor women's bathroom. Okay. And you had said when you had first been at the school, you had searched everything sort of on the same side of the building as Colleen Ritzer's classroom. The girls' room that you were sent to, what side of the building was that on? The right. Okay. Other side of the stairwell? Correct. And when you arrived at that second floor girls' room, did you notice anything um, about it? No. Okay. Did you go into the bathroom? I did. And can you explain to us how the lighting works in the bathroom? The lighting is motion censored, so until you pretty much enter that room, the lights won't turn on. Most of the school is like that, the hallways as well. And when you entered the bathroom, eventually did the lights come on? Eventually. And were you able to make any observations of the bathroom at that time? Yes. Can you describe those for the jury, please? It was clear that it had very recently been cleaned. And what was, how was that clear to you? It smelled clean. Okay. Did it smell, what did it smell like? disinfectant. Okay. And um, did you continue though to look around the bathroom? I did. And what if anything did you observe? The trash was emptied, the toilet seats were up, everything was wiped down. As you were, um, well tell us what happened next. Did you go to leave the bathroom? I did. And as you were going to leave the bathroom, did you notice anything? I did. What did you notice? About waste level or my waist level, there was a, what I could best describe as almost a handprint with, it was red in color and there were streaks that trailed down the door frame. 
And um, did you relay that information to anyone? Yes. And how did you do that? Uh, my captain, Captain Ambrose, had directed me to the bathroom and had asked me to let him know or to stand by if I found anything in that bathroom. So over the air, I just said, I radioed to my captain and I just said, I'll be standing by the second floor bathroom. By that point in the evening, were you being more careful about what was being said over the radio? Yes. Okay. And let me ask you this, um, were there any difficulties that you found in that Danvers High School building with communicating? Yes. Can you describe what the problem was? Reception. With cell phones? Correct. Okay. Is there any cell phone reception, generally speaking, in the building? Generally speaking, no. Um, and was there any problem using the police radios in the building? Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so was that sort of an ongoing issue over the course of the night? Would that be fair to say? Yes. Okay. If I can a moment here, I'm just going to Sure. <coughs> <coughs> Showing you a photograph, Officer Winterberg, do you recognize what that photograph depicts? Yes. What does that photograph depict? A restroom at the high school. Is that the second floor girls room you stood by it? It is. And is that, what view is that? It's from the hallway looking in, or looking to the entrance. Women's on one side, men on the other. Okay. Um, I'd ask this be marked as the next exhibit. Any objection from the board? <coughs> So if you could just orient us, Officer Winneberg, where, where is the person who took this photograph standing? In the hallway. Okay. And looking in, um, where is the girls' room? For those who can't read this. Okay, on the left there. Correct. Okay. And does the door, how does the door work if you remember, meaning push in, pull out? You push it in. Okay. <coughs> and showing you another photograph, understanding that the marker wasn't there when you saw it, do you recognize what that photograph depicts? I do. What is that photograph It's, the photo was taken from standing inside the girls' restroom, and it's, the door frame looking out. And is there, um, is that door frame in essentially the same condition it was in when you saw it, when you were sent to look in the bathroom that late night? Yes. Um, and I'd ask this to be marked as an accident. Good. What you described seeing on the door frame is that at least partially depicted in this photograph. Yes. Can yes. you show us with the pointer where that is? Started about here. Thank you.
<clears throat> from that point on, um, officer, was your primary job to sort of secure that bathroom and remain there till other personnel arrived? It was. If I could just have one moment, Your Honor. It is again a picture that was taken from inside the bathroom if you were standing inside the women's bathroom and it's uh, a little more zoomed in of the door frame as you were to exit right. so it's the same picture we just looked at but it's a little closer correct right. um, and is that a fair and accurate depiction of it is blood that you see there is sort of sort of dripping down the door frame is that correct that's correct right. did you say when you testified that you also saw something you thought was either a handprint or a smudge correct All right but that's not in that picture am I correct not in this picture no All right. so would it be fair to say that the handprint that you saw was actually on the door itself as I recall it was up higher on the door frame okay so um, if you were leaving that doorway if you were going out that doorway um, how would, what would, would, you, would you pull the door in to, 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 to exit the bathroom? That's correct. All right. So your hand would go up a little bit above that area to the, um, to the handle? Correct. All right. And is it right near that handle where you saw the, 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 the print or the smudge? Yes. Okay. And was that more or less directly above where the drips are? Yes. Okay. So it would be fair to say that those drips are maybe a little bit more than waist high. Potentially. Yeah. And they're back just about under where the handle would be if the door was closed. I, I don't recall. Okay. And, uh, so that wasn't the only blood that you saw in the bathroom, correct? Correct. 
I could approach once more. Have a look at this. You recognize that? I do. Okay, could you tell the story what it is? This is a picture of a tile wall that separates the door to exit the bathroom and the area where the sinks are located. And, and, and what does it show at the bottom of the wall? Blood spatter. Okay. Is that a fair picture of that section of the wall? Yes. Okay. I'd ask this to be admitted as well. No objection. During this inspection of the bathroom, was the blood that you saw on the door frame and the, the print or smudge on the door and those few drops on that little divider wall, was that all the blood you saw in the bathroom? Yes. To the area where the boulder were in the back of the school. Uh, that was because someone else told you that's where they had found the uh, the black bag, correct? Correct. You weren't you weren't present when the bag was discovered. Correct. Okay. And you understood that the bag was placed between the boulders because that's what you were told. Correct. And then I think you said that the teachers you were with uh, they went off to the right in the wooded area there, correct? Correct. And did, did either of them have a flashlight? I, as I recall, I believe one of them did. All right, and you have a flashlight? Correct. Okay. And did you go over there with them? Yes. Okay. And I think you, and you saw some things in the woods, correct? Yes. And when you saw those things, that's what led you to tell everybody to get out of the woods? Correct. Okay. Would you just tell us again what it was that you saw in the woods? I saw a folded piece of paper a light-colored glove, and a torn piece of fabric. Okay. And what did you notice about those items? They were covered in blood. Okay. So there was blood on each of those items? That's correct. Right. I'm going to ask you just to have a look at these, if I can, all three of these pictures. And I'll ask you about them. Yes. Okay. Tell us what the first one is that you recognize. It appears to be a glove. Okay. And does that have an uh, evidence cone with a number on it? It does. Okay. And what's that number? Cone number 11. Okay. Is that, the, is that the glove that you saw when you looked in the woods? As I recall, yes. Okay. And is that fairly, is that a fair representation of what it looked like, except that it's better lit, apparently? Than 
picture was taken? As I recall, yes. Okay, good. So I'm going to move to admit that. Can I just see them? Sure. And what's the next picture that you recognize there? Piece of paper. Okay. And um, could you tell the jury what that piece of paper is? Crumpled, folded, has is, blood is on it. Is that the piece of paper that you saw in the woods that night? Yeah, as I recall, okay. yes. Okay, and is there an evidence column of a number? There is. And what is it? Number 13. And is that a fair and accurate representation of what you saw that night? It is. Who would admit? No objection. And do you recognize that third picture in front of you? I do. Can you tell the jury what it is? A piece of, the best I can describe it is fabric. And is that the piece of fabric that you saw in the woods that night? As I recall, yes. Okay. And is there an evidence cone next to it? There is. And the number? Number 15. Right. Is that a fair picture of the, what you saw that night? Besides the lighting, yes. Besides the lighting? Okay. Now we'll admit that. No So I'm showing you first the um, glove, is it, uh, cone 11, correct, on the screen up there? Correct. Right. Now, do you see any blood on that? I do. Okay. And could you just describe for us where you see the blood on it? It's underneath, or on the side to underneath right. of what appears to be the thumb okay. of the glove. So would it be, would it be fair to say that the the glove is lying on the ground. It appears that there's some blood on the side that faces the ground. You can just see the edge of it. That right. would be fair to say, yes. All right. Do you see any other blood uh, in that picture? In this picture, no. no. And you don't see the, and you don't see any blood on the leaves or anything in the area around it. Not that I can tell from this picture. No. Right. So all that's visible from that picture uh, is a little line of blood on that that bottom edge of the glove. Correct. Correct. And is that, is, that, is that what your memory is when you looked at it? Yeah, going back two years, yeah, okay. it is. Now I'm going to show you, um, I'm going to put up on the screen the object next to comb 13. And that, is that the folded piece of paper? It is. And again, would you describe for us where you can see blood on that on that article? In this picture, it would be on the right-hand side of the paper. All right. And um, would it be fair to say that there are more or less small spots of blood on the on the right-hand side of the paper? From what you can see in this picture, yes. All right. And m most of the most of the part of that paper that's visible doesn't have any blood on it, correct? Correct. All right. And. Do you see any blood in the area around it, on the leaves or on the, on the ground or anything like that? From this picture, no. All right. 
Is that your memory of what you saw that night? It is. Okay, you didn't see more blood around that, that object? In the dark, no. Okay. Well, you did have your flashlight, didn't I you? I did. Okay. Good. And then the third item, next to uh, chrome 15, what do you recognize that to be? The piece of fabric. Okay. And the piece of fabric, to be fair to say, has a fair amount of blood on it. Correct. About half of it, the surface of it is covered, the visible surface. Correct. And the other half is just white cloth, correct? From what I can tell in this right. picture, correct. Are you able to see any blood in the area on the ground or in the leaves around that? From this picture, no. Okay. So when you went, uh, when you went out there that evening uh, and discovered these items with your flashlight, did you see any other blood in the woods? No. Shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, God? I do. You may be seated. Yes, sir. So there's been a motion to sequester witnesses in the case, so until all the evidence is over, you can only be in the court when you testify. You can't talk about your testimony with the other witnesses. We'll let them talk about the case. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good morning, Officer Allenton. Good morning. In a loud, clear voice, can you introduce yourself to the jury, please? Yes, Justin Ellington from the Danvers Police Department. And how do you spell your last name, sir? It's E-L-L-E-N-T-O-N. -L -L -E and sir, how are you employed? Uh, Danvers Police Department. I'm the canine officer. How long have you been a police officer for the town of Danvers? Um, Eleven and a half years. And how long have you been the canine officer? Uh, going on almost eight years now. And do you are, you, are you currently the canine officer? I am. Are you working with the same dog that you were working with in October of 2013? I am not. I just started with a new dog. Okay. Drawing your attention back to October of 2013, what dog were you working with? Uh, canine Falco. And if you could just spell Falco for the court reporter. F-A-L-C-O. And how long in total did you work with Falco? Um, for about six years. Can you just describe for the jury the process of um, 
working with a dog, how you first sort of train with the dog. Yep, so it's um, a 16-week patrol school. Um, every day for 16 weeks, except for weekends, we learn to uh, track human scent, um, find uh, articles, um, the bite work is part of that patrol school, uh, protection work uh, for, to protect me. Um, and then we also do a specialty school, which we, um, Falco was a drug dog, so for five weeks, um, we, we went to a drug school as well. And with respect to Falco in particular, had he had any training prior to you becoming his handler? Uh, yes, he worked for another officer in my department for four years before me, um, and then we received him as a fully trained dog. And why is it that, so Falco was already trained when you got him, but you needed to be trained, was that fair to say? Yes. Okay. And is that why, why do you go through the training again um, with Falco when you take over as his handler? Uh, well, part of it is the, the bonding with the, with the dog as a new handler. Um, and then, obviously, so I understand his habits and the way he works. It's a, it's a partner deal. I need to read his actions. And how much um, time would you spend with a dog that you're working with? My current dog? or, or Falco. Uh, um, I, every day I go to work. Whenever I leave in my police car, he's with me. Um, sometimes more time than with my family. <laughs> okay. So um, did Falco live with you? Uh, he did, yeah. Okay. And he still does. Okay. And when you, um, so even if you're going to work like a detail, a road detail, not doing sort of traditional police work, would Falco come with you? Yes. And what's the purpose of that? Uh, just in case there's a call that, that uh, needs a canine to respond, um, we can you know, respond to any call that, of service for, uh, that needs a dog. Okay. And in terms of your work as a police officer, you're not limited to only canine work, is that fair to say? Correct. Okay. So you have all the same duties and responsibilities as any other officer. You just bring the dog along in case that comes in handy. Is that yes? Okay. Um, and you said you. I think you talked about he had five weeks of specialized drug training. Um, I think you've touched on this, but what are his other abilities? What else could Falco do? So, so for the, the 16 weeks of patrol school, we learn how to um, how to track um, human scent whether that be in a lost kid, uh, a lost elderly person, or, or a suspect in a crime. Um, along with that same human odor um, training, we, we learn to find evidence that may have been discarded after a, after a scene. Um, so he will indicate if we come across uh, evidence along the way. Um, and then along with the bite work or the protection work for me, he's, he's taught to you know, protect me. And just for the sake of... Um Completion. What's bite work? Uh, so it would be apprehension. Uh, basically, uh, if a suspect um, meets the criteria, which there are certain specific um, criteria for that, that we could either apprehend a suspect with a bite, or if somebody decided to fight me on the side of the road, per se, the dog would protect me. Okay. Um, but he's only, would it be fair to say he only bites on a specific command? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Okay. When criteria are met? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Drawing your attention, Officer Ellington, to October 22nd of 2013, were you working your normal shift that um, evening? I was, the and 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. shift. Okay. And do you know how many officers would be on for the town of Danvers at that time? Um, five patrolmen and a sergeant. Okay. And um, during the course of your shift on October 22nd, did you... Um, have occasion to use Falco earlier in the evening prior to going to Danvers High School? I did. And can you describe the purpose of that for the jury? Yes, Sergeant Stone was our, our patrol supervisor and he asked me to respond to the area of Hollywood Hits um, for a possible missing student. Okay. 
And were you using over the course of that evening Falco to look for a missing student? Yes. Okay. At some point, did you hear radio traffic um, regarding a search going on at Danvers High School? I did. And can you just describe what you heard that was significant to you in terms of bringing the dog? Um, Officer Wenneberg, I believe, got on the radio and announced that she had found something in the wood line just adjacent to the school, um, at, at which point I responded on the radio that I was going to respond and, and told her that she should back out of the woods until I got there with the dog. And why would you tell her to back out of the woods? Um, so it's the, the more human odor that is, um, I guess, put into a scene, um, it just takes me a little bit longer, or Falco a little bit longer to, eventually we, we, we will find what we're looking for, but it just takes him a little bit longer with more human odor introduced to the area. Okay, so the more pristine you can keep it, the better? Yes. Do you know um, about how long it took you to get to Danvers High School? Um, I'm not sure where I was, uh, but w within Danvers we're, we're two, two to three minutes away from anything. So. Okay. Um, and when you arrived at the high school, um, what, if anything, did you first do? Um, I immediately met with uh, Officer Wenneberg, and I believe Detective Baldessari was there at the time, um, and they explained uh, what they had found. And at that point, um, Officer Ellington, were you um, aware of a missing teacher, a missing Colleen Ritzer? I, I believe they, I had been listening to the radio throughout the night and, and had heard that, yes. Okay. And were they able to provide you with any object which assisted you in getting Falco working? Uh, yes, um, Officer Wenneberg had brought a, um, a black, um, I guess, a teacher's bag, if you will, um, down to the edge of the parking lot. Uh, on the, uh, there's a practice field just to the left of the school, and she had put it up against uh, the guardrail there for me. Okay, and showing you. <coughs> What's been marked Exhibit 24 is that bag that Officer Wenderberg had placed by the guardrail. Yes. And what do you do with Falco to have him, how do you use this bag? So um, I bring Falco to uh, an article or a bag, that bag, and I put him in a down position on it. Um, and through training, he knows as when I put him near an article with um, with scent on it, he immediately smells what's in front of him, um, which then he knows the game now is to look for this scent, um, and then I will give him the command after I put him in a down, I give him the command to track or to area search, um, and he will then start to search for that odor from, from whatever I put in front of him. And it's like I, I think I forgot to ask this now, but can I approach this one? Showing you an aerial photograph, Officer Ellington, do you recognize what that depicts? I do. And um, keeping in mind there's foliage, does that depict some of the area that you and Falco searched that evening? That yes. Night? I'd ask this to be marked as an active Your Honor, I apologize. I'll show it to no, Mr. I believe you have, yep, you're ahead of me, a pointer in front of you. 
if you can just show the jury where it was that you first um, saw the bag and got uh, Falco to pick up the sign. Right along the guardrail okay. here. And it's hard to see in this picture, but is there sort of a wooden guardrail? Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a thick wooden guardrail that runs, um, basically runs the whole length of the side of that field. Okay. And towards the end here was where the bag was placed. And while we're here, Officer Allenton, can you sort of orient us? Um, there's that athletic field right there that we can see in the photograph. Is that correct? Yes. What's that just to the left of it? Uh, this is a power plant, an electrical power plant. Okay. And between the power plant and sort of the entrance to the woods, what's down in there? Um, so just along this back side of the power plant is a, a fence and then there's a gully that goes down before it rises up into the woods. And what's the terrain like down in that gully? Um, it is, it, at that time it was um, thorn, thorns and pricker bushes and it was pr pretty thick. And when you say gully, can you just describe a little bit what the grade is like as you go from, fair to say, well, let, me, let me ask you this sure. first. What's the grade like in that field then going up to the woods? Is that flat or is there an incline as you go up to the woods? So the, this is a practice field um, which is flat and then just about where it starts to get uh, brown, it, it's a, um, I wouldn't say an extremely steep hill, but it's a, it's a pretty good sized hill going up to these rocks. And then that area you've described as a gully just to the left of that area, um, how sort of far down does that go? So along, uh, the, the hill continues to, to, to go up <coughs> along this area. Yeah. Um, and then the gully drops off at the, at the base of the hill. It drop, the gully then goes even deeper along that fence line. And when you, um, you showed us where you gave Falco the scent, can you just show us before we take the picture down where Falco then led you after he got the scent by the guardrail? Yes. So we started here and immediately he pulled um, kind of along the middle of this slope. Along the, this is the hill going up. He pulled along the middle of this slope and then up into the, uh, into the opening to the orchards. We, that area is, this area of woods is called the orchards. Okay. Um, and there's two boulders there that he pulled me to. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> and when he pulled you to those boulders, <coughs> did you or he locate anything? He did. And wh how did he do that? Um, he pulled me to the left side of the boulders um, and started alerting, which uh, for me, it's, I need to read his behavior. And it was uh, several deep nasal breaths. Um, and you know, he was spending a lot of time, his tail was wagging because he had found something. Okay. And did he, could you see with the naked eye what he had found? Um, at first I saw, I did see a, um, a purple bag um, and then there were some leaves over the rest of the, the, the items that were found. Okay. Let me ask you this, um, Officer Allenton, with respect to the items that ultimately Falco found, did you touch or move any of those items? No, ma'am. So your purpose was in locating them? Yes.
showing you an item, Officer Ellington, do you recognize that item? Yes. What do you recognize that item to be? Uh, the purple bag that was stood up next to one of the boulders at the top of the hill. And understanding you didn't handle it, is that item in essentially the same condition it was in when you um, located it or when Falco located it that night? Yes. It has some marks in that section. Mm -hmm. Once out, um, Falco has located an item, how do you tell him to move on to find something else? Um, I basically have to remove him from that item because he's quite intense uh, when he gets to it. Um, I have to remove him from it and, and tell him to get back to work. Okay. And um, did he do that? He did. And what did he do next? Um, he pulled me... Uh, beyond the boulders into the orchards, into the opening of the woods, um, and he pulled me off to the left-hand side. So you're now sort of past those boulders into the woods up to the left? Yes. Okay. And what, if anything, did he um, do next? Uh, he pulled me, he pulled very strong um, to this, this, um, another rise once you get into the woods, and he pulled very strong to, uh, to the top of that rise. Let me ask you this. We've, um, there's been a lot of conversation about how dark it was that night. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Did you have any lighting with you? Um, I always carry a, a light on me, and I only use it um, when I need to actually see something. I, basically, uh, when the dog, if I'm tracking somebody through the woods or whatever, wherever it may be at nighttime, um, a lot of it is by feel. Um, and then if you don't use a flashlight for a while, you, your eyes adapt, obviously, to the night. Um, so I, tr I try not to use a flashlight uh, when I'm tracking. And then I know when Falco is interested in something because he stops or pulls hard or whatever it may be. And then you can take out your flashlight and, and so you can it. see what he's saying? Yes, ma'am. Fair to say? Okay. And as he pulled you into that area, were you able to see anything at that time? Yes. What were you able to see? Uh, it was a gray sneaker. And um, the toe of that sneaker um, appeared to be uh, soaked in a red uh, matter that I believed was blood. Showing you a photograph, Officer Ellington, do you recognize what that photograph depicts? Yes. What does that photograph depict? Uh, that is one of the boulders at the top of that uh, rise. Does that, old, that photograph depict where you found the purple lunch bag? Yes. Okay. Um, I would ask this to be marked as the next exhibit. And if you could just um, use the pointer to show us where approximately you located the purple tote. Um, I believe it was leaning against the end of the, the boulder on the left. And then does this, um, can you at least indicate to us from this photograph where Falco directed you from there? 
Um, yep, so we, in between this boulder and the next boulder, there's a little walkthrough. He actually jumped over and I walked through and he pulled me to the left up into the wooded area back here. And that's where you saw the gray sneaker? Yes. Understanding the light is considerably better than you had that night, does that photograph depict the area where he led you to the sneaker? Yes, ma'am. Um, and is that, other than the lighting, essentially the condition it was in when you saw it that night? I believe so, yes. So just to orient us to the last picture, Officer Allenton, the um can you, can you indicate on this picture where that last picture would have been taken? Does that make sense? Based on the fence? The picture of the boulder? Yes. Previous, so um, it would have been, I guess, to the left okay. down past this tree. Okay. And this is the same fence that's depicted in that last photograph. This is just from, taken from a different perspective, correct? Yes. Okay. And was the sneaker um, where it is in this photograph when you saw it? Uh, yes. Okay. And um, again, with respect to these items, you didn't move them, you just located them. Correct. Um, <coughs> where did um, Falco go next? Um, so I, I obviously I had to pull him back off of this um, and put him back to work. And he started to pull along these rocks uh, towards, there's a, um, a rail trail out uh, beyond the trees back here. He started to pull in this direction. Okay. And um, what, if anything, did he locate at that time? Uh, immediately, he, um, when we started to go left, uh, his behavior changed dramatically, and he pulled me strong to the fence. Okay. Um, and so you would have had to go through the fence, fair to say? Right. Okay. You obviously did not go through the fence. Correct. Um, what did you do to correct for that? Um, so I wasn't sure where he wanted to go, so he pulled me to the fence, and then um, he started to work up and down that the whole chain link fence back and forth, and he was kind of frantic in, in, his, in his behavior. And when you say he started to work, what are you seeing as his handler when you say he started to work? So um, basically, I, I, like I said, I, I have to read the dog, so when he's in odor, it's a completely different behavior um, than when he's not in odor, and so I knew at, when he was at the fence that he was in some kind of... Um, a lot of odor. Uh, his behavior, sorry to answer your question, his behavior was uh, he starts to um, circle back and forth um, and, and tries to narrow down. If you will, um, if, if this was an article that we were looking for, there's a cone of odor that comes off uh, the article. And of course, as for the further away you are, the larger the cone is. And he has to narrow that down until he gets to the source. So do you see him literally sometimes sort of walking back and forth, getting circling something? Yes. Okay. We can go to the blank screen. Um, and where did, as he was walking up and down that fence line, where were you able, well, did he direct you or did you direct him? Uh, he, he directs me um, and, and basically I knew that he needed to go to the other side of the fence, so I brought him back to the boulders to get around that fence. Okay. And where did he direct you at that time? Uh, as soon as we came around the boulders, he pulled hard to the beginning of that ditch that we described earlier. What you described as a gully? Yes. And what did he do as he got to the gully? 
he he dove down into the to the beginning part of that gully um, and immediately started to indicate on an on an item. What did you do at that time? Could you see anything? Yes, there was a um, a green uh, large green recycle bin um, that was laid on its side, and um, Falco actually pawed at it, and I pulled him back from it um, to investigate further. Showing you two photographs, Officer Ellington, do you recognize what those photographs depict? I do. What do those photographs depict? They're of the, uh, the large green recycle bin. And do they depict the recycling bin as you first saw it that night? Yes. And is that lighting more reflective to some extent of the lighting you were working with that night? Um, in the first picture, yes. Okay. Um, I'd ask that the first picture be marked as an active Officer Ellington, um, I think you indicated already that Falco actually went down there and pawed at the barrel, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And, um, and then if we could mark the next photograph here. Any objection from the No objection. top ajar as it is in this photograph or um, well how did, was this the same or did it differ from when you first saw that down um, when you got closer I believe that's exactly how I saw it okay and when you first were handling Falco <clears throat> did you have this angle on it meaning you could not see into the barrel correct okay and we can see some berries and other foliage around it what is the um, nature of that foliage it, it's thick it's um pucker brush or, or vines and, and uh, prickers. Okay. It's um, hard to get through. Is it that is. fair to say? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, we can go to the blank screen. What did you do, Officer Ellington, after um, Falco alerted on the barrel and was pawing at it? Um, I brought him, so we'd come down the hill to the edge of the gully, so I brought him back up um, the hill, which is only probably 10 feet um, and tied him to a tree um, so that I could investigate further. Okay. Were there any other officers with you at that time or was it just you and Falco working in the woods? Yes. Um, Captain Ambrose and Detective Baldessari were standing on the hill behind me. Um, so I tied the dog to the tree away from them and so I could be hands free. Okay. And what did you do after you had secured Falco? Um, I went back down to the barrel 
uh, with my flashlight to investigate further. Okay. And where did you actually go with respect to the photograph we were just showing? I went just to the right of the of the lid so I could take a kind of get a side angle looking at, at the whole barrel. And what did you see when you looked into the barrel? When I looked into the barrel I could see what I thought was blood all, all on the inside walls of it and um, there was about five or six paperback uh, books at the bottom that were soaked in the, the same blood. And again with respect to the barrel did you um, move it or change it in any way or just leave it as you found it? No, I, I left it as I found it. If I could just have a moment, Your Honor. Sure. Is, does it relate to the next exhibit? Yes, Your Honor. We're going to take a recess before that. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take the uh, morning uh, recess. Um, try and see if we can get you in here a little before 11 o'clock. If you find that's not enough time, take the time that you need. The first thing I'll do when um, you come back in the court is to make sure you follow the instructions not to talk about the case among yourselves or with anybody else. Well, court will be in the morning recess. All right. George, you know, if you will, and this will lead out.